You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Today's episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast is brought to you by The Afropolitan Shop. Celebrate African designers by shopping at The Afropolitan Shop. This online boutique promotes jewelry that is handmade in Africa by African designers. By shopping here, you not only give their beautiful products access to the global market, but also give towards a more sustainable mode of income for them. Shop today and use the code BGM Podcast for 15% off. That's BGM Podcast for 15% off at theafropolitanshop.com. The Afropolitan Shop and use the code BGM Podcast for 15% off. for tuning in to episode 149 of the Black Girl Nerds podcast. My name is Jamie and I am your host. This episode is dedicated to the new Warner Brothers New Line Cinema film called The Nun. Say your prayers. This new horror film directed by Corin Hardy and produced by James Wan is a spin-off from the Conjuring franchise. So do you remember that demon nun that you saw in Conjuring 2? The demon nun Valak? Well, she's back. And she is terrifying audiences everywhere on Friday, September 7th. In this episode, we feature the cast and crew from the film, including actors Thaisa Farmiga, who plays Sister Irene, and actor Damien Bichir, who plays Father Burke, as well as director Corin Hardy. And we hope you enjoy this episode featuring the cast and crew of The Nun. Thaisa Farmiga is an actress who began her career in the drama Higher Ground back in 2011. She was directed by her sister, Vera Farmiga, and subsequently made her TV debut in the FX series American Horror Story Murder House, which earned her reputation as a contemporary scream queen. And in season eight of American Horror Story Apocalypse, Thaisa will reprise her role in both Murder House as Violet and Coven as Zoe in this latest season, which is due to premiere on September the 12th. Damien Bichir is a Mexican actor who's appeared in several telenovelas. He's also appeared in many American films, such as The Hateful Eight, Alien Covenant, and coming soon, The Nun, where he plays the role of Father Burke. I, um, well, first of all, thank you for waiting and uh, meeting us. Um, it's, it's one of those characters that uh, are so well written and so well put on the paper 
that uh, all you have to do is uh, be truthful to it. And uh, uh, I have played before another type of priest, another revolutionary, in um, uh, the father of Mexican independence. Um, so I got a lot from that, from that knowledge, because uh, we're also playing a Jesuit. And, uh, and those guys are really, really smart and very clever and very well uh, you know, educated and, uh, and, uh, and brave as well. And uh, uh, so I, I, I always try to find a link that, that I can, you know, to get closer to the character as soon as possible, or the fastest, you know, the, 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 the quicker the better. And, um, and I found that we are both assertive, and uh, we both believe that we can make a difference, but we also have our own contradictions, and we also have our own fears and our own demons to fight. Were you, were you raised Catholic? Yeah, as Mexican, yes, and uh, pretty much because I wanted to go with my grandmother to church. I, always, I would always, you know, where are you going, grandmother? I'm going to church, just stay home. No, 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 I want to go with you, boom. <laughs> so I will follow her, and I will be with her, and uh, she taught me how to, uh, you know, persignarte, uh, cross, uh, and um, uh, the first, you know, things that I learned about praying and stuff and all that. At the place, was a formidable place, you know. The smell of it, the tranquility, the... Uh, Light, uh, you know, through the uh, los vitrales and uh, and all that, you know. But uh, but yeah, then then I I I didn't stay there for too long. <laughs> so how did you prepare for this role? And what was your experience while working on the project? Um, you know, I uh, I wasn't raised Catholic. I didn't have uh, much experience with nuns, but I really wanted to provide authenticity to the character because you're playing someone who's so specific. It's a you know, it, it, it's someone who, who's chosen this life of, of dedication and commitment, and that takes um, a very specific strength, an inner strength to have, and I really wanted to, I wanted to know more about that. I wanted to know the details of, of the day-to-day -day struggle, and I learned, um, for when I watched The Nun Story with Audrey Hepburn, which was actually very, it was quite informative, um, but I, I learned that it's, the life of a nun is a struggle for self-perfection, which... I mean, I don't know anybody that wants to try and be perfect every single day. It's, 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 it's physically impossible. Um, so, you know, one thing I really wanted to incorporate that I learned was the physicality of it. So you're always, you're always sensing uh, or, like, you're always watching yourself and correcting yourself. Uh, you know, am I, am I walking humbly? Am I walking close to walls? You know, am I closing doors quietly? Am I, am I walking with purpose? Am I, uh, am I, are my hands being useless or am I using them for work? So it's little tiny things that you realize if you're thinking about it on a constant basis, it actually takes up quite a bit of, of, of um, mental space and, and time throughout <coughs> the day. So while playing Sister Irene, I, I really wanted to make sure I, I, I was incorporating all those those little corrections. Did you get any tips from your sister Vera when you were working on this? Um, I think the, the, the main thing she told me was don't bring home work with you because <laughs> you don't want to bring home any um, spirits or demons or any of this sort. And lucky for me, you know, for a lot of Vera's research was with demonology and exorcisms, which luckily I didn't have to do. I got to look at more of the holy side of it, the you know what it takes to be a nun. So I didn't have to delve too deep into that that dark world, and I truthfully I don't like that. So I I took her advice, and I did not bring home I did not bring home Bonnie Aaron's the demon nun with me at all because I didn't want, <laughs> I didn't need that in my life. And on that note of um, Sister Irene, mm -hmm. she's a woman that seems so holy, but yet mm -hmm. she's so nuanced. The representation, there's mm -hmm. even some 
tension with Maurice that seems like almost like this affectionate tension. Mm -hmm. um, so what about the representation, the female representation of your character in the movie? You know, I I agree with what Damien was saying before that the there was so much in the script. I think Gary Doberman wrote such amazing characters. Um, so we really just we really just played what was given to us, and then we you know you, you obviously always have to make it your own. And I just I don't know you know even though someone who someone becomes this holy figure like a nun, you're still human. You're still flawed. It doesn't matter if you're trying to be perfect. You'll never achieve it. You know, and. Sister Irene, yes, she's not supposed to, you know, she's not supposed to fall in love and, and, and get married with someone else considering that she's a bride of Christ. But, you know, you can't help, um, you can't help having connections, emotional connections with, with different people. And I think, um, I think Sister Irene and, and the Frenchie character, I think they, I think they had a, a, a strong connection. Did working in a movie like this mm -hmm. change your point of view on religion, exorcism, this kind of stuff? For me, I, you know, it really, it really opened my eyes to, um, you know, how much it takes to be um, someone who has so much faith and so devout. And I'm, I was sincerely impressed by it because I, you know, I, I'm not scared of commitment, but committing yourself to the Lord and, and committing yourself to, to struggling to be a, a, a perfect being in his, in his honor that's scary and I don't think I could ever do it. So, you know, I'm not sure if it validated anything for me, but it really opened my eyes and, and, and made me really respect them, you know, these religious figures and, and how they commit their lives to this. Do they have an No, that's uh, pretty much the same thing. You know, it, it is very truly remarkable how these people become soldiers, uh, just like in any army. You know, it doesn't matter if, if you have fears, if you have doubts, if you have your own, you know, demons to explore. When they call you, when you are required, you have to get up and perform and go there and, and accomplish a mission. And it doesn't matter what, what fear or feelings you no, have. Absolutely you have not. Yeah, exactly. That's not truly easy. remarkable. Yeah. You know, we can always in our world say, nah, I think you'll pass. You know what I mean? Not these kids, not these guys. These guys are like, uh, and that, that's what makes you powerful. That's what makes these characters, at least I'm talking for Father Burke, and that's something that was really, really in, in interesting and clear in terms of how powerful uh, knowing that the worst thing that can happen is that you will lose your life represents when you don't care. Once you reach that point that it's for a greater good uh, for others, in this case, you know, humanity maybe, uh, then you become truly powerful, almost invincible. Because anything, you, even your fears, especially your fears are beyond yourself. Uh, and, and I find, I, to me, you know, that's, that's uh, we've been talking about uh, the, whole, the whole day today, that's something that is really, really present now, right now. You know, a lot of kids are, fans of this franchise and horror films in general. They will go and uh, have fun and they, whoa, they will get scared, but they will also remember that faith is much more needed now than ever before. That is faith in humanity and humankind's and our you know, fellow humans that's gonna save us. That's what keeps us you know, standing up. Without, with so much stupidity going on everywhere, you know, with so much horror, you know, stories written courtesy of uh, the White House and 
beyond, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, right? And uh, so it's faith in us that keeps us going. But maybe faith, but not organized religion? Not fanatism yeah. at all. <laughs> you, you see, it's, it's, it's because I believe in this bigger energy that everyone calls God, I guess. And then everyone, you know, depending on where you were, for, uh, you were born and that where you're from and all that, they all choose their own God. And that's, that's the same thing. <clears throat> we're the same thing. And when we create, when we use God uh, as an excuse to hurt other people, then that's when things go crazy. Do you feel scared when you were shooting the film or do you have any anecdote something that happened? I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of horror films. <laughs> I'm not a fan of horror films, and that's that I know it's, it might sound contradictory, but uh, um, I don't like to sit in a place and be scared. You know, I, I don't like that feeling. I don't like to pay to be scared. You know, that's, <laughs> so, uh, uh, and, and, and yes, it's because of that, that, you know, because I, I already saw this film in a small little you know, room, and uh, of course it wasn't finished yet, but uh, still, I was like, oh, fuck, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> things that I didn't do, you know, scenes that I wasn't in. And uh, it was, you know, kind of me off guard. And that makes me very mad. <laughs> it, it pisses me off that I, oh, that I get scared, that I jump, you know. Just, oh, fuck, man. It doesn't matter if I prepare for it because I hear the sound, you know, the music. Here it comes, here it comes. Here it comes. Oh, nothing. <laughs> ah, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, there was something there. And uh, so... Uh, uh, I, I, I'm not going to see through it now, you know. I will go on the, uh, to the premiere in uh, Los Angeles on the, uh, September 4th. And you will watch it with And us? I will, you know, either, you know, just take a really nice nap <laughs> or go and have a nice dinner. You have to, Damon, you have to bring your hat so in case there's any yeah. moments you don't like. It's just very discreet. You just push it from yeah, the back I and just, then it just covers I just your eyes. Just like that. <laughs> this question is for both of you. If you had to create your own worst nightmare, in a horror scenario, oh, what elements man. will be in there? Oh, man. Um, I mean, like, you could literally drop me in any scary situation and I would panic because <laughs> if you ask for a list of my fears, it's so long. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I don't live, I don't live a life That's in fear, funny. but I'm just, I'm super sensitive. I don't like the darkness. I don't like nighttime. I don't like being alone. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I like, there's a lot of scenarios that you can, <laughs> you can you can do with that. <laughs> Take your pick. Don't invite me. <laughs> I think a very scary scenario for me would be being trapped in a coffin. <laughs> and then having these hands coming out of nowhere, yeah. you know, getting my face like, what the f, man? Where is this coming from? Yeah. Yeah. Talking sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. Mm. Talking about the, the coffee. Sounds very familiar. This is one of those scenes that uh, you see when you read a script, you you detect, you know, these are you know uh, very heavy scenes. These are difficult scenes. These are scenes that are they're gonna mm -hmm. keep keep me awake. The whole shooting, I want to get rid of this as soon as possible. And then you take a look at the uh, shooting plan, and you say, "Fuck, man, they put this at the end." Damn it! Yeah, so you have, you're like then, yeah over exactly. You. So it's one of those scenes that you say, "Okay, I hope this will be done like an in and out situation," you know, because I'm I'm okay with small little places, but falling into <coughs> a coffin and then slamming the uh, uh, cover of it in your face and uh, and then a creepy something, you know, grabbing your face and all that. I was not, you know, it was not happy on the paper. It was not happy there. So I could only imagine what it was going to be there. And then, of course, we shot it three different times in three different days in two different countries. 
So that was my punishment. So did you watch? Did you watch for references uh, buried with Ryan Reynolds? Or? Not really. You don't. You don't need to. You I see mean, this, to be this, buried alive, I think you can just uh, like just even just saying it. I'm like, just yeah, yeah, because yeah, 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 because you know what? I mean, I knew there was a hundred, you know, a hundred uh, uh, crew members who were ready to rescue me, right. you know, if anything went wrong. And still, I was like, fuck, to get me out of here. <laughs> How is it to work with Bonnie? She's terrifying. Oh, my gosh. I, ha I have such a strong affection for Bonnie because she's so passionate. She's so great. So man. passionate about the, the, the characters and the creatures <clears throat> that she, she plays and creates. And, I mean, one of her favorite pastimes on set was scaring me. And she would literally, she would just be sitting in the cash chair, like, across from me, and she would just be like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? Why are you laughing? Um, so it, 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 honestly, it, it was a blast. It's it's fun working with people who who are so excited by it, you know. And 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 most of our, our crew was, you know, Corin, the director, grew up creating these monsters and wanting to, you know, do this for a living. And now he has the chance. And you know, you give someone this opportunity for something that they wanted to do since they were a child. And I mean, it's it, it, it's the the energy they put off is amazing. It's infectious, and, and I love working with those kind of people. Yeah, and Bonnie, I mean, she's such a beautiful lady, man. I mean, uh, she has this beautiful, fabulous uh, face, and uh, and she's a sweetheart. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's all, all this, you know, the best part of any shooting is the time you spend with your uh, uh, teammates. Mm -hmm. Everybody, you know, crew members and actors and directors and everybody, we spend a lot of time, you know, having breakfast or lunch or dinner, and um, and and that was always fun. You know, she's she's a crack up. Mm -hmm. Because Bonnie didn't have any lines, did she ever like scare you in the middle of a scene because you don't know what she's gonna do? <laughs> yeah, that, that, I can't that. remember. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if there was specifically a time like in the middle of a scene, but there are times when I was on set and like we're filming in like these old castles and. Uh, it, it's super dark. There's a few scenes that were lit only by candlelight. So, you know, and I know she, they call her into set and I know she's there, but like I can't really see her. And I know she's in her full demon makeup. So it's like, I just, I keep thinking she's just going to come up behind me and scare me because again, that's her favorite game. And you want to need some prey too. I was, yeah, I know. I do it to myself. People, like, you know, if you walk through a haunted house and like, as soon as they see the people that are just like the littlest bit jumpy, they like, they like just, they, they, just, they, they just get on you. And that's me. I'm the one that, just attracts them. So Corin uh, famously talked about having a supernatural experience on set at Comic-Con. Did either of you guys have any sort of supernatural experience, or if not, was there a time when you were genuinely scared? Mm -hmm. um, I did not have any, any supernatural experiences on this, uh, on this particular show. I've, I have had it on... Uh, it was season three of American Horror Story. It was like the one time I ever experienced something. Oh, wow. But I went into this, this project adamantly telling myself, okay, you're going to come home, you're going to be in Romania, you're going to be in the hotel alone at night, you are not going to let anything just, you know, like the, you need like yeah. mental strength, you're not going to let anything in. And it worked. I mean, I had to do like a whole lot of meditating and like just focus on breathing and not let the, like, the little demon that's like knocking on my head to let me in. <laughs> but um, I'm really happy I, 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 didn't, I didn't have any experience because I, I probably would have wanted to go home. <laughs> yeah, that, and it was, you know, some of the locations we uh, were at, they were, one, the real thing, and second, pretty creepy. Yeah. Some of those places were like, and you could feel that they've been there for, you know, centuries. There's so much history. And there was so much history, so much energy going around, you know, and you can, you can feel that. But uh, as, as, just as, I, as Thaisa, I did this work previously, you know, uh, thinking, oh, I'm, 
um, thank God I'm, I'm Father Burke. So Father Burke <laughs> is unbreakable. And Father Burke does not get scared of anything, you know what I mean? So he's ready. So I guess, you know, what we were saying, that faith makes you powerful. Mm -hmm. And faith makes you un in invincible. And invisible, too, for, you know, ghosts and uh, all those kind of things, right? Yeah. So I was like, uh, nothing happened to me. Did you learn Latin prayers? Or yeah. You already knew? Yeah. Um, no, well, uh, I mean, I, ha I had to, I had, they're like, I, can, I do the, the, there's, there's the, excuse me, there's the perpetual adoration um, scene where, we're, you know, we're, we're praying in Latin, the, the Santa Maria. Mm -hmm. um, so, I actually, that was my audition scene, but it was in English back then. So then I read the script, and I'm like, oh, this is actually in Latin. But luckily enough, the, the production sends me the, like, the little audio clips of, of someone saying it in Latin. So I just rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed it. But it's interesting because it's such a beautiful language. And as soon as you're, you're in this church, and you, you know, I'm in my nun costume, all of a sudden you, you assume the prayer position, you start doing it. I don't know, it just, it, it, there feels something magical about it. You know, it feels, it, it feels real. And obviously I, I'm, I'm saying the words that I'm praying, but there's just, I don't know, there's just something about it. It's almost peaceful inside, even though it was such an intense scene. And it's enchanting when you see it. You know, mm -hmm. It's so beautiful. The, yeah. the effect of seeing this you know, beautiful creature praying in Latin is really wonderful. In a, in, a, in a horror film, you know, it's like, ooh, ooh, ooh something's coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was there any specific times where you had to walk the line between faith and fear? Mm. Like, personally, on, like, yeah. while filming? Um, oh, man. I don't know. I, you know, it, it was interesting. It was something, like, when I was filming, when I was Sister Irene, one of the things that I, I kept writing down in the script was to remember, oh, okay, you know, it's, like, there's the, the there's the stage direction of like oh she look you know she looks over her shoulder you know terrified and I was like okay and this feeling terrified but a nun who has who's devout and has faith so she's terrified but what do you do when when you're afraid you you pray so I always wanted to incorporate that in into my performance and remember oh as soon as you feel fear okay when Taisa feels fear you know I run right. but when Sister Irene <laughs> feels fear you know she said yeah faith has to kick in and in and that in itself was. Um, it was a really, like, I don't know, it was a really moving experience. Hmm. Yeah. What do you guys think of uh, this place, CMP? Being in the convent. Damien, do you have some story of this place? I, I heard that he, he's been here before. I, yeah. I, I was here before, like, a long time ago. I'm, 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 and, uh, when you were I a teenager or older? When I, was, I think when I was, uh, you know, a young teen. Uh, uh, with your grandma? And, uh, huh? With your grandma? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I think we, we came to shoot something here. Uh, I, I need to erase a few theater plays from the hard disk yeah. so I can remember some things. My disk is full. <laughs> but um, I was here before, and it's a beautiful place, man. It's so well kept. You know, it's so beautiful. It's really, really nice. And uh, no, I, I, I haven't gotten any uh, weird experiences or anything. And uh, But I've been afraid before many times in my life, especially growing up. You know, all the monsters that uh, I grew up with, uh, watching El Santo versus the uh, vampire women, they were all under my bed. That's where they lived. And we were okay, you know, I didn't bother them. They, you know, they were there, I was up, and that was that. But I realized, and I still do, that, that the bigger the fear, the bigger the faith. It's when faith, boom, does that, pow, you know, overcomes. I would love to hear about your supernatural experience in American Horror Story. Um, sure, super quick. Okay, so we're filming in New Orleans, which, you know, I mean, has such, I mean, uh, there's so much voodoo and, and, and spirits and soul down there. 
Um, so I'm living in this this old this old warehouse that's been turned into loft apartments, and I'm filming this scene, episode two. We have to put Evan's character back together, Frankenstein. So I didn't think anything of it. We have to chant in Latin again, and Emma Roberts turns to me in the, in the hair makeup trailer. She's like, "So are you like are you scared? Like is something like do you think we're gonna like?" draw something out. I was like, what do you mean? No, like, I, I know my lines. I'm good. She's like, no, no, no. Like, when we're chanting Latin. So she's the one who opened me up to it. I, bl- <laughs> I blame her. Um, anyway, so we get home. So, we, you know, we finish shooting. I get home, and it's, I get home. It's a little after two, and also, to point out, Vera, my sister, just recently told me she was doing research for The Conjuring, and she told me that witching hour is around 3 a.m., so I was excited to go to bed before then. <laughs> so I'm passing out. I'm laying in bed. I go to sleep. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm passing out. It's like when you lay in bed and you can't fall asleep. So I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm like just so close to being in dreamland. And all of a sudden, I'm wide awake. I'm not, my eyes are open, but I feel wide awake. And I hear someone walking, you know, on the wood floors. You hear it creak. I'm like, okay, that's, that's, that's bullshit. It's whatever. It's fine. <laughs> all of a sudden, I feel, so, I'm sleeping on the left side of the bed. All of a sudden, I feel someone grab the covers. Like, right, like, right, you know, the, you know, I like to have the sheet folded over. Someone's grabbing right there, right there. And it starts pulling. No. Oh, man, you guys. I jump up. I freak out. I turn the light on. There's nothing there. I don't see anything. But I can't sleep. I can't sleep for the so rest like, of the, the night. Covers actually I fe- yeah, the covers, the covers were moving. I mean, it was dark, so I, I, it was it's based on feeling. I, like, I, the lights were on, so I couldn't <laughs> yeah. see it going. But I, I mean, you can, I mean like, look, you, pull, you can feel someone's yeah, pulling the covers. And that was the only time I ever experienced anything. But... I just, I just, I, I, I let it go, I guess. I, I mean, I did sleep in the, I mean, the next night I slept downstairs in the bedroom, <laughs> to be honest. Was Do you feel more comfortable around the horror genre? We'll take one more question now. Okay. okay. Do you feel more comfortable around the horror genre? Because congratulations, I saw that today. You're going to be reprising both your role in <gasps> yes, Coven yes, and yes, thank you. Murder House, so. Um, feel comfortable. I mean, I, <laughs> to be honest, I don't think I ever feel comfortable on a horror set because it's always, it's always doing the thing I don't like is being scared. Um, but for me, what I love about it is the atmosphere on set, the energy of the crews. When you're doing something so grotesque and, 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 and gory and, and dark and heavy, the energy on set is always the complete opposite. And that's what, that's what drives me. It's almost, I don't know, it's almost like a shot of something. I, I, I love that, that, that happiness and that, that feeling of camaraderie and, and just enjoying life. And it's funny that that's where I find it, on a, on a place where we're doing such dark things. Corin Hardy is an English film director. He made his directorial debut in the 2015 horror film The Hallow, which he also co-wrote. He also started as a special effects monster maker in his bike shed at the age of 12 and made Super 8 films with his school friends. His new film, The Nun, is a spin-off of The Conjuring 2 and the fifth film in The Conjuring Universe. I know, right? It's going to eat you. Uh, Roger, Roger, Roger. Yeah. Well, you said, didn't you? Yeah, excellent. What is all that? What's that? Oh, I just brought some of uh, my sketchbooks and storyboards oh, when wow. I was making it. In case you're interested, yeah. or if you ask. Yeah. 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 Good, very uh, pleased to be here. <laughs> 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 well, Corin, I read that um, The Nun is based on the film The Name of the Rose. Can you tell us what aspects of the film that it's based off of, and if it's also 
Based on any other work. It wasn't based on Naomi Rose. It was it was that there were some influences and inspirations that James and Gary were now writing the story. And I think Naomi Rose. I mean, I, I I haven't seen that for a long time, but I remember it. It's a Sean Connery and Christian Slater yeah, film, right. and it's about uh, you know Sean Connery's a priest and he gets hired to go and investigate um, like a murder in an abbey. So I think this it was a cool idea. I think you know to riff off that and take it in a supernatural direction. Um, and then, you know, I mean, I made a, like a kind of mood book when I got the movie and uh, just put down as many inspirations in movies and art that I kind of drew from when I read the script and, you know, and to give a sense of the, uh, the lighting and the kind of cinematography. I, I, I would do this on my movies and, you know, kind of show the production designer as DOP and so it contained that elements of Black Narcissus and Coppola's Dracula and Barber movies and mm -hmm. um, the lighting kind of like bold compositions in those films. Mm -hmm. um, it had, uh, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. There was, you know, there was sort of iconic imagery that we've seen and then applying that to sort of period gothic horror movie. Um, so, and obviously The Exorcist, you can't sort of ignore. Right. And The Exorcist 3 particularly, is a film that doesn't really get talked about enough, but is also pretty um, brilliant and um, you know has one of the greatest scares of all time in that, mm -hmm. which I definitely you know paid a little homage to in my film. Um, so yeah, it was classic gothic horror, and you know when you when you watch you know uh, what what I grew up watching from a, you know watching Hammer horror movies as a kid, and monster movies and Salem's Lot, and uh, you know. Realising that I suddenly had this opportunity to, to make a kind of classic old school gothic horror movie in 2018 suddenly became really exciting because it was, I wanted something kind of timeless, you know, contemporary in a sense, but also it didn't feel like it had been, it was being done much now, you know, not making a spoof or anything like that, doing it with a lot of love. Um, so yeah, it was, it was sort of dawned on me when I was shooting it and, and Damien and Tyson and Jonas, their first day of shooting, we were up in Transylvania at the foot of a castle, surrounded by crosses, blowing like smoke through it. And I suddenly was looking through the lens and be like, well, we're making a gothic horror movie, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Why are nuns so scared? I mean, I'd sort of question, are they, first of all? You know, because oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my, my mother's aunt was a nun in England and She's lovely and very jolly, but I was sort of freaked out more just by the... I suppose that there's obviously a practice and there's a holiness and a, a, a mystery about <laughs> what they do and what goes on in the convent. And, uh, I mean, for me, you know, seeing Conjuring 2 and that character seemed to sort of steal the show in a way and, and, and uh, just felt really iconic straight away. I always love... I love black and white and contrast and and shapes and angles and this I think just the nun habit it was almost like a shark fin to me that was like I saw her as a shark in the, the convent as a, an ocean and she can sort of lurk in the shadows she can drift in the corridors she can hide you know you don't know if if that's a good nun or a bad nun until you sort of like turn around and then see it <laughs> so but then you know but also of course you know the concept of any anything that is meant to be trustworthy and good and holy and um, is 
turned upside down and is any, anything but that is a, a great sort of basis for a horror villain because it's deceiver and you know it's a demon that can trick your mind and, and is inhabiting something that's so good did you guys have any consultants from the Vatican or did you talk to like somebody that already did an exorcism or something or I was going to make something up then and tell you I've been, you know, training all my life. And no, I mean we, uh, you know, again, Gary, Gary and uh, James had, had written the script. Um, we had, we had a, you know, we had a real sort of Roman Catholic priest come and bless the set. They they do that on all the Conjuring movies, which, you know, it sounded funny, it sounded like a gimmick, and yet when they came, he brought all of his chaplain kit and he had his holy water and, and it actually felt quite sort of comforting to know that he was performing this quite long quite a 20 minute ritual on the grounds of the castle and I, I was sort of taking photos and he f flung like a, a big <laughs> load of holy water in my face that kind of hit me in the eye and I felt particularly safe. But I, I sort of, I said to him, you know, like, so are we, you know, what, what has this done? Are we safe now? And he's, he spoke only in Romanian. And so he looked at me really dead serious. And he said something to me. And the translator said that, he said, like, you're safe if you believe. Hmm. Yeah. And I sort of went, oh, okay. But it's the truth, actually. Yeah. <laughs> mysticism and, and a lot of like surrealism and horror is very deeply rooted in Latin America, like yeah. from Papada to like Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you ever been inspired by Latin America in terms of like horrors or monsters? I mean, I'm, yeah, absolutely. But in, and, and very much, obviously, I've, I've grown up in England. I haven't, this is my first time in Mexico City. I came on holiday into Tulum and, and that was a little bit different. But, you know, when I was, when I was creating my film The Hallow, it was trying to tell a uh, like a fairy folklore story based on real um, beliefs in fairy mythology, and I, you know, there was versions of that I was looking at telling in different around the world, and so I researched a lot of folklore in in, in Mexico and in Ireland, and you know, there's certain areas that are rich for it. Um, have never had the opportunity yet to tell one, and then you know, I mean, I suppose Guillermo is my big inspiration, and I've learned a lot through his films, you know, through you know, The Devil's Backbone, Pan's Labyrinth and Kronos. Um, the way he speaks about mythology and monsters and stuff is just very passionate and I feel the same. And he really praised your, your first film, right? I yeah, he was one, yeah, he, 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 he said some nice things. So is there a, any plans for a sequel? Is there going to be another nun standalone movie? You know how it goes, you know. Well, we'll see the nun in Conjuring 3. Dude, I can't tell you anything. <laughs> I'd be I'd be ejected from the universe if I said that. But uh, yeah, you know, if 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 people like this movie, then let's, uh, there's there's definitely more stories to tell in this conjuring universe. Is is you know you can go anywhere with that, and uh, I love the idea of of Father Burke or Sister Irene, you know, uh, some further adventures, without spoiling that of course whether they survive or not. Were you given any parameters, having now this is part of the conjuring, where you given like if you have to stay in this or with any advice? I mean, it, it was more like a given, really. The parameters I understood them because I'm a fan of those movies, and I, you know, I wasn't going to sort of like try and you know, like take it somewhere completely yeah. different. But uh, but I also, I mean, James and Gary both said from the start, like we want this to be. I mean, this is what's great actually to hear 
they were like, we, we, you know, we, we're really pleased with the Conjuring movies and the Annabelle movies, but we, we don't want to keep repeating anything, so let's, we want to take it somewhere different, which is what made me sign on to the job. It was sort of like, like I said, it was like almost like a fresh, new um, Conjuring movie, and yet by going really old, and on an old school and, you know, period. Um, so we talked and, you know, we would collaborate, and Gary was there also, and we'd, sometimes we'd be like, are you sure that, that, that this adds up to this and when we wanted to get it to that and and you know just little things like making you know continuity things that we wanted to make sure we got right, right. connect with movies or so within the film and the rules within it and stuff so it was collaborative as a lifelong horror fan what scares you did you incorporate <laughs> any of that into how terrifying Balak is in this one I couldn't get the uh I can't really say that, can I? No. Um, real life scares me. Yeah. <laughs> and this is, to me, like I find it really fun to escape into a horror movie. That's what it's all about. It's what I get kick out of and enjoy, and that's what I was obsessed with as a kid, is going to the cinema and shutting out the world. But uh, the, the real world's far more terrifying than, than none. I mean, I shouldn't say that. The nuns, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> What was for you the most challenging scene in the film? What a good question. What is the most challenging scene? The water is a big challenge. The water is a challenge, and everyone was like, you sure you want to do the water? The water wasn't in the script. There was... It was a different ending in the script, and it was effectively a gateway to hell. But I, I'm sort of like a gut feeling that when you have things like gateways to hell, I, they have to, you have to go through some kind of, um, kind of transformation or some, you know, like a kind of a portal. It can't just be literally a gateway, you know. And I always sort of have an affinity with water, you know. And once, you know, if you go in the ocean, you look on the surface, it's one thing. Once you're underneath, it's completely different. And, Everything changes, so I, I, I kind of said like, you know, I wanted to build this idea that this kind of like the catacombs of all this, just like you know all the evil is kind of welling up down there, and um, you know it, it, it enables a gateway to sort of happen without being able to see it too clearly. So that was a challenge. We had wires, and we had um, you know Thaisa getting dragged through the water, Bonnie in full makeup getting dragged through the water, and um, Damian in there, and um, yeah, all sorts. That was a challenge. I was just thinking of, you know, the, the perpetual adoration as well, just sort of trying to pull off dynamic camera moves under a sort of tight schedule, and so you don't. We were, we were Maxime Alexandre, who's, I think, the best genre DP in the world, in a way. You know, he's sort of he's done Alexandre Adjus movies and The Hills of Eyes and Maniac, and um, he, he's got a lot of experience, but he's also sort of got that Italian cinematic high quality you know um, he we, we said let's you know let's try and make a kind of classic movie and we'll use a lot of tracks and dollies and long takes and try to keep the scares happening in the frame when you can rather than sort of lots of cuts um, so the challenge is trying to do that when you're under a really tight schedule yeah. what was the last thing that made you jump <laughs> 
Well, we were doing an interview about an hour ago, and, and it was the last one just in there, and uh, the guy said something like, he, he asked, well, my answer was to do with The Exorcist, and I said the word, The Exorcist, and then it went, <laughs> and it was that big thunderclap that happened a couple of hours ago. And we both sort of went like, whoa, we shouldn't be talking about this. And it started raining straight afterwards. But uh, I mean, oh. So I've got two daughters, and sometimes they make me jump in the middle of the night. <laughs> suddenly standing there in your room. But, uh, in a movie? Yeah. What did I watch? And I watched Hereditary. There's some good uh, yeah. things in that that made me jump. Is there, is there space for, for, for improvisation in a horror film, or it's very, all very scripted? There definitely is. Um, it depends, I think. You know, there's a lot of technical mm, you know, mechanisms that you have to sort of instrument to kind of get a scare to work or build the tension, but then you want the actors to feel alive. And so I think when you're working with the actors, you know, you kind of build up a trust that you can stick to the script and then you can also go okay cool you know well, either either during the lead up you, you find out how, you know Damian would say oh I don't know if I'd say it like this and like so I think it's just the it's the instinct of director to decide whether that's what you want to go with or whether you know definitely I'd try and give them freedom around but then there's just some things where you go like you just got to end up here you've got to stand like one inch from that and if you don't it's not going to work or you've got to angle your head a certain way so it's a, it's a, I think you build up a trust and then they trust you to know that you're not like placing them everywhere and they feel mm -hmm. like objects In this moment uh, of you know me to this kind of movement would you consider them as somehow a women empowered movie? I'd love to say that I mean uh, it did occur to me that if, assuming that you agree that she is a woman <laughs> or, or he is a woman I mean you know yeah you know what a great uh, thing in 2018 to have this really iconic terrifying um, female villain and a really I think iconic female heroine sort of battling out good and evil black and white um, I quite like heavy contrasts and I quite like you know uh, a movie a horror movie that can address things like that in quite a sort of black and white way as well sometimes and on those heavy contrasts and synergies, mm. um, there's a scene where like there's a snake jumping out of her mouth and popping into an eye. Mm. But then there's a very classic cinematic scene where there's a shadow going around the chapel, yeah. like muting to the mirror. Mm -hmm. um, kind of makes me think about like old cinematic horror elements with like more newer like CGI yeah. effects. Mm -hmm. um, is that a tension that you're trying to work with in this movie? I mean, I think the big challenge in a good horror movie is I actually think that it's much, much harder to make a really good horror movie than any other kind of movie because ultimately you have to suspend people's belief for a runtime of an hour and a half or two hours. And to do that, you've got to keep their, they've got to trust the movie. And so it's constantly, that's, that's the sort of stress I think when you're making the film is like, you can't let something let it down. And if you, if you sort of suddenly fall out with the movie, the tension dissipates. Um, so for me, you know, I try and do things as real as possible whenever you can with the actors, with the sets, with the practical effects. I'm, you know, I grew up on 70s and 80s horror movies that only had practical and optical effects. I still love the way they look. I'm also not naive enough to know that you can um, create incredible visual effects, but there's a sort of 
And for me, there's a limitation with practical effects where you have to stop before it gets beyond it. And there's a limitlessness with CGI that you can never stop, but you have to know your limit to bring it in. And I always want to keep things grounded. And as human, and I think we as humans only find things really moving or scary when you really can see the light in the eyes of the person or the fear of the experience they're going through. So um, I try and, and I use CGI absolutely, and I, and I use visual effects, but try and mix them up so that you don't really get accustomed to an exact mm, ingredients that are happening. You know? I think we're all kind of drooling over these books up here. <laughs> yeah. um, is there anything you can share with us? And yeah, can you talk yeah. a little bit about how uh, sketching uh, plays into your process as a filmmaker? Sure. I mean, I, I know you can't see this on your interview, so I don't want to bore the people listening, except, I mean, I brought these just to show you that I, I start um, all my movie process in um, oh, wow. my sketchbooks. So this is uh, uh, so some of the stuff you'll see in here, you, you know, didn't make it into the movie, but it's sort of like where I came from um, in exploring kind of what Valak and what, um, you know, the Ouroboros would be. Yeah. And these are storyboards I've done. This is idea of this. This is when I first come up with this idea of a gateway being a kind of under the water. Um, this is the first idea of what it might look like. It was described a Gothic castle in the mountains. You should sell these. Should you do your own storyboards? Yeah. Oh, this was underwater Valak, like what yeah. could lurk be inside the nun's habit, <laughs> the ice house. This is before we even saw a location, and I found this location that, although it wasn't as wide, it sort of had this door, these steps, this area. This is sort of planning out the bedroom, the, the perpetual adoration positions of, you know, this is before we even built the sets, um, the, the corridor of crosses, kind mm. of um, rotating idea. Some of this, you know, this is an early ideas for Daniel's going to be a little bit more demonic um, entity. And then, uh, yeah, I think, I think fans would love it if you did an Instagram. Or yeah, I'm always waiting to do that, and then it's about when you know it's allowed to happen. This is um, Sister Awana. Um, what did you learn to do these sketches? You went to school? Something to do I grew up. My grandfather was a really great artist. He was a portrait artist, and uh, he taught art in uh, an art school. And I, and I think I just really took on board his... He had a very sketchy style with using biros, which is still how I draw, really, just with a pen like that. And I, I, I just keep it like... Some, I just sketch stuff. I kind of try stuff out. It's just like the, this idea of the battle between oh, good and evil. It's beautiful. Um, and it's almost like I draw it quick and then I'm like, would that be cool? I quite like how that could work. And then it's sort of like, okay, how can we do this? And then I talk to the DOP and it's a sort of Burke exercising Daniel when he was strung up in the barn and it was like, well, maybe we shouldn't string him up. And this didn't make it in, you know. Oh, wow. Any plans on editing a book or something? On the what? Editing a book. Yeah, I would love to do something like that. I mean, this is just a quickly, this is sort of... Um, these are all different storyboards that I've done on the nun. This is where it begins, like thumbnails, very quick, um, end sequence, planning out positions of the tomb room again, the geography of, you know, got tomb room, where's the portcullis, how's it going to the courtyard, because we're going to need, I don't want to do a green screen, so we need a corner. Um, very, like, quick, rough, like, working with Jen Spence, production designer. So most of this is, like, really ragged stuff. And then... I'll sort of take sequences like Corridor Crosses, Irene walking down, the, the key, Violet coming out the door, 
Snake biting his eye. Mm -hmm. I mean, looking through that, uh, I know James and Peter were on this film as producers and they were on the conference. Yes. Um, did they give you kind of full autonomy over this or did they give you a lot of insight? Of um, they... I mean, it was, it was certainly collaborative, but they were very supportive and let me go for it. And I mean, James was like, right, we wanted to take this in a different direction. Do your thing, you know. I, I, it was quite organic, collaborative, and we, you know, if there was any discussions, we would have them, and it was a very um, comfortable process, you know. Again, because I think James comes from a true place of loving horror, gets really excited about it. You just know certain people, you know, anyone around this table, if you like a certain band and you like the same band, you sort of like you're on the level straight away, and or a type of music or a type of film. So with Gary and James and I, even though I'd never met Gary or James until I did this, it was sort of straight away just like talking about cool right, stuff yeah. that you like and movies and I was sort of like, oh yeah, no, I like, what I loved about Nightmare on Elm Street 3 was this like, you know, practical way that the floorboards did this. I was like, oh yeah, you yeah, know, maybe we could all like Salem's Lot. And, you know, you're sort of just having a dialogue about stuff you love. Mm -hmm. Any final questions? How is it to have Bonnie as your villain? Did you just kind of let her go nuts? <laughs> <laughs> um, didn't need to let her go nuts. <laughs> no, she's great. Uh, Bonnie's lovely. We, we uh, I mean, it was it was a sort of straight away. I, I guess once I got the movie, you know, we were thinking about casting and who's going to play Father Burke. And I was like, hang on a minute, we got we we have got the demon nun. We have got the actress who played her in Conjuring too, right? And suddenly you had a panic, like, well, she's not available or doesn't want to do it or they don't. Or I don't know. And and so because she just immediately had kind of captured this iconic character that I felt was straight away like you know you've got Michael Myers you've got Freddy Krueger you've got Christopher Lee's Dracula and I think you've got the demon nun and I was sort of like something like shit so you know then then got Bonnie and, and uh, she's a eccentric character you know and she's loves scaring people unlike kind of Damien and Tessa who aren't massive horror fans but are great actors Bonnie just was like desperate, you know, like, to do it, to bring, she loves being that nun, you know, she couldn't keep her away, she'd be standing at the side of the set and all of her gear, like, waiting, and, uh, you know, putting her in the water, no, she's a real, like, she just loved it, she's a trooper, I put Bonnie Aaron's in, on wires, in the water, gun, pulled down the water, multiple takes and contact lenses, please can you do it again, she's like, yeah, hang on a minute, <laughs> <laughs> the teeth falling out, so. but, uh, but she's also got this very kind of classical Hollywood sort of film star 50s face if you see her without makeup she's really good you know got a very stylish look thank you thank you thanks very much hope you have a good the black girl nerds podcast is produced by jamie broadnax the opening theme song to our show is written and performed by samus various instrumentals are performed by samus sky blue and shubzilla you can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.